0: welcome to the auburn live podcast your home for bold insightful and honest conversations around auburn athletics go? Go? welcome in to another edition of the auburn live podcast i am justin hokinson and with me today a very very special guest Um, You read his column the other day at auburnlive.com. It was awesome. It got everybody jacked up. Everybody was ready to run through a brick wall. Um, He has been a voice out in the public for Auburn on the radio and writing books for a long time. I think he has amazing perspective, Mr. Rob Pate. Rob, what's up?
1: What's up, man? I appreciate you getting me in here so early. What is this, uh, episode five or six now?
0: episode four man
1: episode four, episode four. okay so I'm, I'm number four in your hearts people
0: yeah yeah um, well you're a busy man that's true that's true
1: i thought you were going to say a voice out in the wilderness right there <laughs> but uh but you 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 got on the correct path there so man I'm, I'm glad to be here with you and i look forward to it and i know that you're doing a great job um in your new home and uh I'm just glad that you're back in it, man. Um, I think that you have a, a a voice that needs to be heard, and you do such a good job with uh, uh, with covering Auburn, and um, you're just so passionate about it. So I'm excited for you, excited for this site, and uh, looking forward to today.
0: Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. So Rob's going to be a a fairly regular guest. Like I said, he's a busy dude, but but when we can have him, I mean, I would hope once a week. But he's going to be a guy that we're going to have on pretty regularly. Uh, obviously, you'll be able to read his columns uh, at auburnlive.com. And once the season goes, he'll write columns kind of, you know, weekly sort of previewing the game and giving you just a sense of where he's at and what he's thinking about the team and, 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 and all that stuff and, and perspective and, um, and all that good stuff. It's always an awesome read. Um, all right, let's jump right into this. Fall camp, um, we're just a day away from going full pads. Um, they're about to get that going. Um, we've, we've watched a number of practices. We've now heard from Brian Harson and Mike Boe and Derek Mason and a lot of players. Um, so we're, we're starting to get some information about how this coaching staff works. Um, but before we get into that, because a lot of the people probably haven't, maybe they haven't heard you on jocks and Birmingham and things like that. T- tell, tell the people that haven't heard your impressions, sort of what, where are you at with Brian Harson, um, with the staff he put together, um, You know the direction of the program, like where do you think Auburn is in the pecking order right now in the SEC? Just kind of give give people sort of your opinion on the program and Harson right now, sort of how you're looking at things.
1: Well, first off, I thought it was a great hire. I mean, it obviously came out of of left field, and uh, you you have to tip your hat to Alan Green and kind of uh, you know fighting off, um, you know what was going to be the status quo and. And going and getting a guy that was a proven winner, I mean, that's not something that, that Auburn typically does. And um, and so for him to have made that come to fruition, um, even with uh, the unknowns of, of how he would fit in culturally, how he would do from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, football is football. You know, I mean, you, you can either coach it well and uh, you can develop players and, and you can get the most out of people. You can be a leader of men or, or, or you can't. And um, and I realize there's other dynamics in play, um, especially from the recruiting aspect. But I just think that uh, that he was a bold, um, different type of hire. And uh, and it really, um, you know, immediately kind of did away with some of the staleness that uh, that we had grown accustomed to with uh, with Coach Malzahn. Um not to say that, that I, I didn't like Coach Malzahn. I just think that uh, the time had come for, for Auburn and Coach to, to park ways and, and, uh, and try our hand at, at another, in another manner. But uh, I think that he has done a really good job, Justin, of, uh, of putting a, a quality staff together, um, of having guys that know this landscape in the SEC, that have a history, that have name recognition, um, that have a, re- a recruiting footprint. Um, Doing it in places that you have to do it in order to uh, be successful um, in this league on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, I think that he's got two guys up front that can recruit um, at a very high level, but can also develop players. And, um, you know, for um, for the struggles that we've had up front, particularly on the offensive line. Um, being able to, to win there, um, some recruiting wars, but being able just to take advantage of the guys that you do get in your program and maximize their talent, I think they'll finally do that. Uh, he also has some guys that are injected into the staff that, uh, that, that have Auburn backgrounds. Um, so they're young, they're, they're hungry, they, they want to do well, they know what it's like to wear the uniform, and I think every staff needs a handful of those guys um, that know the culture and know what it means to wear um, the logo Uh, And then he's got guys that are familiar with his terminology. He's got guys that are familiar with uh, his background that he's competed against, that he's coached with, um, that come from the same verbiage and the same uh, coaching trees. And uh, so I just think he did a really good job, even to the point that I almost think that he's already planning for some transition at some point if it were to occur uh, along the offensive line, if it were to occur along the, the, you know, from a defensive coordinator standpoint, because we all know Derek Mason is going to be a highly pursued guy. Um, he's already got guys in place that I think could be elevated um, into those positions. He's got multiple offensive line coaches. He's got multiple defensive coordinators. He's even got guys um, off the field that were uh, in, in off the field analyst roles that were offensive coordinators. I mean, that is a, a, a huge step in the right direction um, from continuity, from surrounding yourself with quality football people. And so I just think that that's great. And, and, and then, you know, the way that he's managed his roster, I think, has been just, just tremendous. Um, the way that he attacked the transfer portal, I think, has been tremendous. Um, given time, he gets to implement this uh, his, his system. They get to have some success on the uh, football field. Um, I think the recruiting will take care of itself when that happens. But uh, I've, been, I've been wholly impressed. And, and really the biggest the biggest thing that has impressed me out of the gate is the way that he was able to take a group of kids that really liked Coach Malzahn, really liked his staff, really close to a lot of those guys. I mean, you think about the guys that played for T. Will, the guys that played for Rodney Garner, um, even Coach Malzahn. Those guys liked that they had a coach that was empathetic enough um, to, to know them more than as just a football player. Um I get that. I know how difficult that would have been to see that staff walk out and try to embrace a new staff. And the way that Coach uh, Harson has been able to do that, um, to make those guys compete, but to really enjoy doing it. I haven't met a single kid in the community that plays on this football team that hasn't told me how much they love their coaches. And that speaks volumes to me.
0: Yeah, no, that's a big deal. Um, And and we've heard a little bit of that from players that well, you see it first of all when the 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 little bit we get to watch from practice, um, Harson is in the middle of it. I mean, he's in the middle. Yeah, of it. He's, he's he's throwing routes to receivers. Um, he is working with a running back that drops a ball, fumble. He goes saw the other day a running back dropped the ball through a drill. He runs over there. He tells the running back to get behind him and he plays the quarterback and he works on securing the ball from that handoff. Um, He's throwing he's throwing obstacles at receivers as they catch a ball and turn to go upfield. He's surprising them with, you know, a big bouncy ball, making them jump over it or, or, you know, avoid it like a tackle or stuff like that. He is all in. The players have talked about how he's so hands-on. Um, he's energetic and he's – he. we asked him about it yesterday. He said, I love football. I love listening yeah. to the coaches. I love listening to the players. And he just wants to be in the middle of it. I think that's something that the players can – I think all players would like that. And I think for a new guy, that's just kind of an added bonus to have the new guy be that way. It makes it, I think, maybe easier to get to know him. Well, first,
1: he's a competitor. Plus, he, he played this game at a high level. And so not many coaches – I mean, you start looking around at coaches within just – look at this conference. You don't see a ton of guys that actually produced at a, at a high level and played major college football. And so when you when you're surrounded by somebody that understands it and gets it and walked in your shoes, there's a little bit more of a buy-in that happens a little bit more quickly. The other thing is he went out there and did it when nobody was watching. You know, he went out and showed up to off-season workouts. Yeah, I mean, there's hardly I can't I can't remember many of my co- head coaches showing up um, for mat drills and some of the uh, well they they came from mat drills, but they didn't come to our summer workouts where we were in the work when in the weight rooms. Um, you know, There's just not many his presence
0: coaches. is known. There's not many head coaches that could do decks the way in the summer. No. I mean, straight up run decks. I mean that that's crazy.
1: Uh, and and I like I said, that's uh, I wrote in the article that when you get in a in a tough game, and you look over at the sideline and you see a coach that was willing to put that level of work in. Um, when the cameras were off, you know, when nobody was watching, when nobody even gave you a second thought, everybody else was in sleeping late. You were running stadiums out there in the in the Alabama humidity. Um, you know, he was out there doing it with you, and uh, you know, you you
0: earn a lot of respect quickly when
1: when uh, you you take that type of leadership role.
0: Yeah, you know that's a that's a that is a huge deal. It certainly allowed him. To mesh and bond and have his pl- and and get buy-in very quickly, very quickly. You already hear it from the from the players. I mean, they they, they very much like Harson to the point that you know we talked to Brandon Council um, this week, and he said they asked if if they thought they asked the players if they thought Brian Harson was ready for the SEC, and um, mm-hmm. Owen Papo and and Brandon Council both said, uh, oh yeah, I mean he he's he's intense. Um, you know, he's a winner. He wants to win. We're here to win. I mean, that's the things you're hearing from the players and that's coming from the coach. We're here to win championships. We're here to dominate. And that's coming from Harson. There's no, Hey, you know, well, I mean, he's, he's coming in thinking, you know, with his, with his attitude of winning and it's, it's definitely rubbing off on the players and that's something I wanted to ask you about. So you look at Harson's reputation, his career at Boise state, extremely successful, Um, at Boise State as a coach extremely successful you know at Arkansas State Um, comes into the SEC we know it's a different animal Um, we know that what are your expectations for Auburn this fall and and what what do you think about Brian Harson and his ability to adapt in the SEC like what are some things that you think he's done well in the past that will come over and maybe what are some things that it's just too early to tell you, you, you don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Like, how do you just, how do you just sort of try to figure out what his program is going to look like in this league?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, what's too early to do is give, is give solid expectations because we haven't seen, we don't even know what kind of offense, you know, that they're going to run. So <laughs> I mean, even know just of kind of, <laughs> I know it's kind of hard to say, well, they're going to win 10 games, but we've never even seen their offense. But um Um, You know, I I can answer you this. Um, I think that the things that are going to translate well at Auburn in the position that he finds himself in, um, you know, maybe with, I'm not going to say lesser talented players, but certainly not um, the best of the best from a recruiting standpoint that he's going to line up against week in and week out um, at every position on the football field. He had to strategize. He had to come up with schemes. He had to um, to do things um, in a manner that that uh, maybe sometimes was uh, was unorthodox, maybe sometimes was just so repetitious that they got so dang good at it that they it didn't matter who they played. They were able to to control the line of scrimmage and uh, and to have success in the things that they wanted to do. They were able to dictate tempo and dictate um, the, the 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 way that the game was played against talent more talented teams because his Moises teams. His Boise teams walked into far too many matches against uh, against opponents that had far too much more talent. Yeah. And yet they they continued to uh, to walk out victorious. So he, he knows how to win. He knows how to strategize. He knows how to beat teams that uh, that maybe um, are a little bit stronger, faster, uh, more talented. So I think that that's going to be big early on. Now, you know, I don't think that's something you want to have to do week in and week out. So the recruiting is going to have to uh, take a, a step up but he's showing you right now he's capable of doing it. I mean, he, he's, he's building a class that's respectable without the benefit of having these kids on campus without, um, you know, for, for this long, um, without being able to um, uh, even have shown the product on the field, without the relational aspect that's so important to get kids on campus. So um, I, I don't think that that's going to be an issue. Um, I think the, the, the hard part is going to be, Anytime you go through change, like what these kids are going through, you're willing to accept it and, and, and and really willing to applaud it and willing to talk about how much uh, you needed it, um, how much the team needed it. Um, You, you, you hear a lot of positive aspects, you know, everybody's kind of on board with things. They're going to have to go out and have a good showing when they go to Penn State. All Mm -hmm. right. Because that's going to be the first true test. And you really don't know where you stand until you hit adversity. And so if, if they go to, to Penn State and it's not a good showing and, and things don't go well and, and all the hype and all the things that they believe, you know, we're going to be successful don't, you know, bear fruit, then you start to question the physicality of practices. Then you start to question, you know, why am I being asked to run through this brick wall? You know, those sorts of things. So negativity starts to creep in. So they, they need to protect against that. They need to make sure that they have a good game plan going up there, and that even if they don't go up there and win, which which I think they're wholly capable of doing, um, even if they don't go up there and win, they need to come out of that with a lot of positivity, a lot of uh, uh, good things that happen happen for them, with a chance to win that game, um, so that you don't have people start to to think negatively right as you're getting into the meat of your SEC schedule.
0: Yeah, that Penn State game. I've been asked every every time I've been want to show whatever I'm asked about that game and what kind of momentum could it give the team? And, and, um, yeah, it's just a tough one. I mean, it's just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of expectations because you know, they're most likely going to be two and zero. if they're not, there's bigger problems, but, um, that's going to be a tall task for that team. First game, new staff, new offense, take the whole show on the road, Penn state. That's going to be a hard, a hard deal that game. Um, but I'm like you, I think they just need to find some way to, to gain confidence from that game. I don't think they're going to win the game, um, but they need to come out of it somehow, some way, in a better spot than when they went in. And hopefully yeah. that's, uh, hopefully you learn, and that's what you do with losses is you learn. But, you know, hopefully they go in and whatever it is, they come out and they learn things, or maybe they get a little confidence and they do something well and um, they can come out going, okay. we're we're a good team we came up a little short or we won whatever but man the expectations for that game are going to be are going to be awfully high and I think a lot of that is is going to be on Bo Nix um I mean what is your take on on Bo going into this year um new offense right Bobo and Harson, new guys teaching him the position it's his third staff third coordinator in three years um we heard Mike Bobo talk about fundamentals with Bo Nix he he said he said that's his biggest focus he's not worried about his athletic ability he's not worried about you know his ability to draw up a play he's like we're we're worried worried about are your feet set are you are you balanced um do you know why we're calling the play do you know what we're trying to attack not just the diagram of the play yeah it's literally the stuff that makes you a talented kid to a quarterback it's this it's that stuff and it's interesting that in year three that's what we're talking about now it's a new it's hard to decipher right you have a new staff so in in one way it's it's a new staff kind of wanting to get their foundation build their foundation with Bo but at the same time to hear some of that stuff is not great like hey we need to work on his balance as a you know year three um as a as a college quarterback but what do you think about Bo? What do you think about this new staff? What What do you think it's going to do for him? I mean, just the expectations that are that are on him this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think that Bo has the potential to be the um, the most improved player in this conference. Okay. And I think I think that what um, he's being surrounded by at this point, um, you know, with with the enhancement of the offensive line with a, a more um, diverse scheme, um, with um, um, coaches that aren't going to continually put him in a poor position, ask him to uh, pretend like deficiencies don't exist. Um, you know, I, I just don't foresee this coaching staff beating their head against the wall offensively and asking them to do things that, uh, that they're not good at doing and pretending like, um, you know, we're shocked that they don't they don't come to fruition. Um, you know, I, I think the offensive line is good enough to win. Um, they're going to be really good at running the football. Um, and, um, you know, just getting, um, a bow on the edges, making life more simplistic for him as far as, uh, um, you know, getting him on the run to throw the football so that he's comfortable doing that. You know, you take the, the, the balance aspect out of it. You 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 stretch the field one way with uh, uh, with Tank Bigsby and that big offensive line, and you feed him the ball, and then you 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 play action off of that, and you get Bo Nix out the backside, and you let him be a uh, a threat with his feet, um, and you reduce the size of the the size of the field that he has to read, and you let him be the athlete that he is. Um, I just think that the offense is uh, going to be a really good marriage for what Bo does well. Um, in combination with the deficiencies that, uh, um, that are going to be so much improved um, because the scheme is going to be better. It's going to fit the, it's going to fit the personnel better. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, so it's going to give him a chance to, to have far more success, I think, that, uh, than he's had. Now, you know, he also has somebody breathing down his neck now, yeah. um, which Probably he's sure. never had. And, and that's great. I mean, that's great for the program. That's great for Bo. That's great for for TJ Finley. I mean, all of these guys need competition, and they they need to be pushed. And he's never had that in, in his career. You know, there was never a time where it was ever in doubt that if he were playing poorly, that that he were going to be pulled. And right. uh, you know, you operate with uh, with with that under understanding, then it affects it affects you know the way you act, the way that uh, that, that that you um, go out and attack practice every day. Um, I just think that it's going to make him a better player this year.
0: No, I completely agree. And, you know, that was an interesting – when they went after T.J. Finley, I mean, I think that was the big question, right? It was like, okay, well, what's that going to do to Bo? How's Bo going to take – how's Bo going to take that? What's his reaction going to be? <clears throat> but I think now being around Harson um, and just kind of hearing him talk and hearing Mike Bobo talk about Bo Nix, I mean, I think it was a really smart play by Harson, and I think it's a credit to Brian Harson. And his background as a college quarterback, I think he knew. I think he maybe knew what Bo Nix's reaction was going to be. And I think he mm-hmm. knew what Bo needed to, to maybe go to the next level. And I think he looked at it like, yeah, we need a good backup. Yeah, sure. I'll take somebody like TJ Finley who we've yeah. seen in practice a little bit and is very talented, very effortless throwing the football. I mean, he slings it. It throws a pretty ball. Um, and he knows the offense so far. Like he's, He's a good-looking – he's a good-looking quarterback. Um, but I think Brian Harson knew the position well enough and, and is a competitor like Bo Nix that I think he had a pretty good intuition on, we need to bring Finley in, and I think – and we're going to push Bo. You know, I think if he thought Bo was just going to bail, well, I think that probably would have been a, a sign to Harson as well. But I think Harson kind of knew how Bo was going to react, and I think it's been how he wanted him to react. Um, and that's been in a positive way. Bo, Bo Nix is the starter. He's going to be the starter. Uh, Finley's really talented, but I think, I think also the, the struggles of Bo Nix the last couple of years, I think people forget how good he actually can be. Will he, will he ever get there? I I don't know, but Bo Nix is, is one of the most talented quarterbacks that Auburn's ever had. I mean, he, he really, there's, there's probably not a throw he can't make. He can run, he's scramble. He's a, he's a physical kid. He's tough. Um, there's a lot of good things about Bo and what is. he can do. He just has to, he has to get it all together. And a lot of that comes around being calm and getting your feet underneath you and and, and also being in an offense like you said that can help you at times. Like can we get a check down to the running yeah, back and exactly. an option when it's not going well? Can, can there be something that can bail me out other than, well, everybody went deep and nobody's open? So time to run for my life.
1: Well, and not only that, I mean, just, just the, the play design was obvious with no checkdowns, but, but also you had a porous offensive line last year that had no time in spring training, that uh, had a brand-new coach. Um, you know, it, 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 things were just so stacked against yeah. Bo Nix having success um, against the upper echelon teams. I mean, he, he literally was running for his life in that Georgia game. That was uh, just yeah. sickening to watch. And, um, you know, I, I just can't foresee that being the case this year. I think that we can do enough things well to keep an offense or keep a defense off balance, and I think we can scheme well enough um, with these two guys um, being able to devise a, a plan to do, to do the things that we do well and do it consistently. Um, I, just, I just think that, uh, you know, how, how that's going to open up things for Bo compared to what he's had to work with up to this point, is uh, going to be night and day, really do. And
0: I'm and I'm very intrigued with the offensive line. I'm very intrigued. Now, I, my, my thought a couple of weeks ago, I told somebody, I said, you know, I think last year, you know, I don't know what people thought the offense was going to be or whatever, but I, they didn't live up to the expectations. And I think because of last year, I think the expectations are low this year. Everybody's like, ooh, what's the offensive line going to look like? What, what are we going to And now I think it's reversed. I really think they're going to exceed expectations. I actually think now we've got it backwards. I think they're all coming back with some experience. And um, I think they'll be better than maybe people think. And then you listen to Brandon Council um, talk, and you listen to Nick Brom's talk, and you listen to Tank Bigsby talk, and they talk about a downhill running game and a physical approach. Brandon Council says, hey, we're, we're going to run downhill. We're going to be physical. Um, and we're going to get after people. And you hear, and you hear Brian Harson talk about what he wants from an offensive line literally says, Hey, we, I'm looking for somebody to go in there and show toughness and be reliable and do damage. That was Harson's yeah. quote do damage. Um, and so I'm like, okay, if, if those six main guys, troxel and, and, and Manning and, um, and, and, and uh, Alec Jackson and Brahms and Council and um and uh Ham if those guys can stay healthy, what, what are, what is it going to look like? I'm intrigued now. I mean, this unit might be, and they weren't bad running the ball last year. I mean, Bixby had 800 something yards and he missed time with injury. I mean, you know, Bixby doesn't have the year he has, if, if they don't have an okay offensive line. Now he broke a lot of tackles, but you got to get going at some point, but I'm intrigued. I mean, I think there's a chance for them. A lot of it depends on obviously the offensive play calling and, Being able to balance it and play action and just do things to help them but in the tight ends the tight ends could really help maybe there's a bunch of good tight ends on on Auburn's team all of a sudden maybe there's some help there and in running on the edges but I'm intrigued at what I'm hearing from the from the offensive line and and kind of the way they're approaching camp in the season.
1: I am too. And, and that's been the word I think that I've heard more than anything when you've talked at anybody offensively It has been the word downhill. You've heard that a lot um, in their description of uh, how they expect to run the football. You know, there was a time um, under Gus Malzahn where we were pretty dang physical running the
0: football. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, you know, I think back to when he first came in and, you know, Trey Mason, the way that he ran the football and, you know, Greg Robinson and you know, that offensive front that they had, Prosh leading the way. I mean, those guys were massive and they were physical and they exerted their their will on whoever they wanted to. And then uh, sometime around the time, uh, you know, Chandler Cox was pirouetting in the uh, backfield <laughs> and we were we were doing about six or seven quarterbacks, we, uh, we got away from that. And I don't know why. But, uh, they got you away know. From
0: recruiting offensive linemen is what he got away that's from. That's
1: true. That's true. And, and, and that's the other thing, you know, that's that's the roster management aspect. That yeah. I, I, Brian Harson will gladly finish in the top 20 in recruiting, but get the pieces he knows he needs to compete. Whereas Gus Malzahn, I think, would want to get in a top 10 or a top 15, but take 10 receivers that two of them are going to play and, and, and eight of them are going to transfer,
0: you right. know? So There's it looks a great on paper, number. but, but from a a very a, skewed number 13 and it wasn't you know a real 13 if you looked at what they actually needed
1: that's right and so for a a time being I think that uh, a lot of teams you know really uh, not negative recruited but I, I think that they kind of you know, it was really hard for Auburn to get quality linebackers. I mean, linebacker was the, the spot where it was like, you know, we just don't have guys that look like those guys over at Alabama or Georgia or whatever. And that shifted now to, to offense and, and, and uh, to the offensive line. And I think that had more to do with just the system that Gus Malzon ran, how it, you know, how those kids were being told that that doesn't translate to the next level. And so they were being negatively recruited, because of the system, and and I just think that's that's out the window now, and and I think you'll see it from game one. They're going to be physical. They're going to go downhill, and and, and they're going to run an offense that looks a lot like what they do in the NFL with uh, with running football and spreading the ball around, and uh, that will that will be big for recruiting going forward.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think I think it's going to be. That offensive line is kind of the key and the defensive tackle position is kind of the key on, on on defense on on you know just the quality of how they're going to be able to compete. I mean, which shocker it's the trenches. I mean, we always funny, we always talk about, I mean, it's forever, right? That's like the thing in football. Like you've got to win in the trenches. But it's funny how we we think that's like a new concept. But I mean, it goes back forever. You have to win there, and then I don't, I don't know. Like all of a sudden you're like, Auburn really has to get better in the trenches. Like, yeah. But it seems like it's just gotten Accenture, the gap, it feels like, has grown with, with Georgia and Alabama the last, you know, whatever. Let's just say when Kirby's come in Georgia to throw them in the mix, maybe the last four or five years, it just seems like the gap between quality defensive linemen and offensive linemen from Auburn to the, to the best teams in the league has gotten very wide the last four years to the point where you're like – I mean, you look at those games against Georgia – Auburn found a way to beat Alabama in 2019 that they really had no business winning that game. But the Georgia game is, is pretty, is pretty telling, but the gap in linemen, Alabama yeah. and Georgia, and you throw Clemson, these teams are gobbling up the, the studs in the trenches and Auburn's got nothing in that yeah. regard. And if those guys keep, those teams keep gobbling up the, 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 the five-star, the best ones, you either better sneak in there and land one, or you better develop the heck out of somebody because it is—it's hard when when they're when they're taking them all. When they're taking them all. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's a uh, Auburn has not um, has
1: not recruited as well um, as they have to to be competitive and um, you know to be dominant compared to our rivals. And um, I think that I think it's going to be helpful now having guys that uh, that one that played the position, you know, I mean, I like, like J.B. Grimes. I think J.B. Grimes is a, is a dang good football coach. But if I'm just coming in, I don't know, it's Auburn from Oklahoma, from Georgia, and I'm looking at my coach, you know, I immediately have an impression in my mind that, uh, does this guy really know what he's talking about? I mean, yeah, he's coaching a lot of places, but he's not even, you know, 5'5". And, uh, you know, so having a guy like Will Friend, having a guy like Nick Eason that uh, have played at high level, have coached high level, have NFL experience. I mean, that's sellable. And, um, you know, you need that. And, and they'll get it. I think they'll get it once uh, once they get this offense implemented. I mean, defensively, they've had some studs up front. Yeah, we just we just have too many of them leave. You know, yeah. we have too many of them that don't pan out that uh, you know I don't know if if I don't know if in recruiting Auburn has to sell Auburn in a way that some of these kids get entitled when they get here and think that things are going to be just um, you know the red carpet's going to be rolled out for them and they're not going to have to work for the things that they're going to get I out don't, I don't I don't know if that's what what happened in a lot of instances but you just don't see as many or, or maybe since we don't have as many five or four stars that come in on the in, in the trenches um, compared to an Alabama or a Georgia or a Clemson, you know, when we have one leave, it's just a bigger blow to the roster than it is when they have one leave. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what the dynamics and how the math of that works out, but um, we, we've got to be able to keep the guys that we you battle for three or four years for a kid. I mean, like, you know, let's say Jay Hardy out of, out of Chattanooga, you mm-hmm. battle for that kid for for years and you finally get him on campus and then he's gone. You know, <laughs> I mean, we just have too much of that. I mean, think about the, the offensive lineman, the five-star kid we got out of Maryland, Calvin Ashley, you oh. battle for that kid and, and, and you battle forever. And then he, he, he contributes nothing to your, to your program, yeah. you know, and he's gone um, Too two minute,
0: too much of that. And, and, you know, the famous one, Byron Coward. Yeah. You know that, that kind of stuff. Starting for the Patriots. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah. You know, Unbelievable. so
1: I I think that these guys will, uh, I think this coaching staff um, just, you know, it's ingrained in a lot of them to develop talent. Um, I think for, for some of them, they're, they're able to go after kids that maybe they've never been able to go after in places that they've recruited. And, uh, and so you do that with a zeal and with a passion that uh, uh, is new. And I think that a lot of these kids will enjoy um, because of, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of you know, you're, you're recruiting to Vanderbilt, you're recruiting to Boise. I mean, you're not going to be talking to a lot of four or five-star guys. And, and so when they're at Auburn, I think they feel like they can sell something they've never been able to. And uh, they're going to go after it. That's why you see them going after kids in Oregon. And you see them going after and offering kids uh, all across the country because they feel like, they can sell a product that is, that is uh, more attractive than any place they've ever been.
0: Well, let's get out of here with this question. Um, I want the best you can. You know, how are you looking at this team in this season? Um, what, what, what are the things you're looking for to, to deem it um, a successful season in your eyes? Is it all about wins and losses? Is it, you know, you're looking for certain things within the game? Or are you looking for, harson's connection to the community like, like what are things that you're looking for to to kind of start to build an opinion on brian harson and and the program he's building and whether or not he can win in the sec i know it's it's kind of a hard question but i i bet if you went back and looked at coaches in the sec and things i bet within the first year or two there's probably things you could look at that helps you to determine you know not, whether they're going to be successful but what are what are things that you're going to be looking for that fans can can start to think about? If you if you're a if you're if a fan asks you, well, like what do you what do you think? You know, How, do you think he's going to do a good job? I mean, what what's what's your answer if you have one? Well, my my answer
1: typically is is I want him to be consistent. You know, I mean, we got to get away from the from the whiplash roller coaster ride that it's been to be an Auburn fan.
0: Whiplash um, I think that one, yeah.
1: for for so long. You know, I mean, it's. uh, I think they're capable of doing that. You asked about community um, involvement. I think that, uh, you know, I think that in the little time that he's been here uh, as Auburn's head coach, that uh, from a PR standpoint, he has been light years ahead of where Gus Malzahn ever was. And so I think that's already a step in the the right direction, and that's going to be beneficial for him in the long run. It'll be beneficial for Auburn. Um, I think closing the gap, um, you know, it it should be obvious that the gap starts to to, – to narrow between, um, us and, and, our, and our rivals, um, namely Georgia and, uh, and Alabama. Um, you know, not that we have to be those programs, but you got to beat those programs sometimes. And, uh, and you can't go into those games. I'm um, walking out, um, um, in a non-competitive fashion. Um, I think those are probably the biggest things. Uh, of course, all that is going to whittle itself down to wins and losses. And, um, uh, you know, I I don't think you can put a number on it. Like we said, I mean, you can't you can't give fair expectations for a product you haven't seen yet, um, and a staff that's never coached together yet. So, um, you know, but consistency I think is the is the easiest answer, but it's the biggest answer. Um, and, and then having some early success, like we said, against Penn State, so that these so that buy in continues and, and these guys continue to. Uh, um, to believe in the culture, believe in what they're being taught, believe that the effort's worth it, believe that there's a prize at the end of all the struggle. And, uh, you know, you just don't want to see that disintegrate um, early in the season because things didn't go well um, in your first big game.
0: Yeah, I agree. What's funny about the consistency comment is um, Malzahn was consistent. He was consistently inconsistent. <laughs> The funny, well, the funny part of that I mean it was like it, it got to the point where you you could just completely predict how the season was going to go you're like well I mean maybe you know the Alabama's at home well that's going to be a, a wild game we know that and okay, we're going to get beat by three touchdowns by Georgia and you know, <laughs> somewhere along the line I mean you just you just kind of knew how it was going to go and um that but it's yeah it's, not we were not not that kind of yeah no we don't want we want, want, that we want the other kind of consistency yes which Harson has said it's funny you said that he's said the exact words that what talking about even specific position groups. He wants consistency, and I think that's what Auburn fans want as a whole: consistency. They want now you know not to win them all, but you, yeah, I agree with you. The roller coaster of of look great one game, two weeks later, you're like, what? I mean, what even? Yeah. What in the world? Well, how, I, how do you how does how do you fall apart like that? And yeah. then you come back, and then you. Fall. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I think you can
1: look at uh, you can look at Bo Nix as a as a case in point with his play in the last two years. I mean, there's games where Bo Nix has looked like uh, he could be an all American player yeah. and there's games where he has looked like, you know, he didn't sleep all week. And, and so, you know, there, there's got to be at your most important position on the field. You, you've got to have a semblance of consistency that no matter what environment you walk into, I can look at that guy and know that I'm going to get, you know, a pretty even response and a pretty even um, uh, you know, level of effort uh, and and productivity from, from that position. And, and so we haven't had that. And uh, that's indicative of, of what this program has cycled through for many years now. Um, it's indicative when you look at uh, Auburn's 10 win seasons in, in, in a row, we haven't had a 10 win consecutive season since 1988, 89. That's and amazing. Uh, at, at a place like Auburn, that that just shouldn't happen. And so, you know, I, I kind of set that 10-win mark as they – you get the 10 wins, and you've had a special season um, because they've come so rare in the, in the last uh, couple of, of decades. So um, can this team get there? I think it would take an unbelievably special effort. I, I don't know that they're there at this point. But uh, going forward, I think that's kind of the benchmark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. That's That 10-win ten, that ten win thing is, is wild considering in that span, Auburn's had an undefeated season – should have gone to a national championship game, won a national championship, went to another national championship game, was number two in the country another year. Like <laughs> Auburn had some seasons in there. They're like, surely one of those years, either before or after, they followed yeah. it up. No, nope, nope. It was just a year. It was a good yeah. one. It was the one year that we all wait on. I and just it, had to uh, put my neck
1: brace on as you, as you went through that. I've got whiplash again.
0: I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the Auburn. You know, once you have that year, you're like, okay, well – look that was fun we'll uh, we'll get together again in about you know four five six years and we'll try to do it again hey and I, I can't say I mean when, when when I played whiplash you know
1: yeah, I mean we were western division should have won that should have won the championship then we were three and eight then we were five and six then we were SEC championship yep. game again yep. you know so I mean it's I, I've lived it I understand and it's uh I, I hope we get that rectified under harson
0: yeah that, I don't think you can ever have a four- year span than from 10 11 12 13. National championship, down 11, 12 was the, arguably the worst season in the history of the program, followed by going back to the national championship game. That, that four years made not a, a dang bit of sense. Well,
1: well I, you know, for all the, the, the negative things that um, maybe we have thought and said um, about Gus Malzahn, <laughs> what they did in 2013 was the most incredible turnaround I've ever seen in any sport of any I mean that was just that was just that was phenomenal I mean you can credit Nick Marshall and, and I do and, and that running game and all that they were able to, to unleash but man to get those guys all pulling in the same direction um, that was that was a feat like I don't know that we'll ever see again
0: yeah I would I would agree with you Um we'll see how it goes man it's going to be really really interesting Um I think in general fans are, are liking what they're hearing but um, you know that only goes so far. We'll we'll see when they get out there what they look like. We'll we'll see what the offense looks like and, and how they're able to mesh and can they really run the ball and can they stop the run? Uh, I, Stuff
1: yeah, be, I get yeah. to go watch. I get to go watch the scrimmage on Saturday. So oh.
0: uh, well, we'll have yeah, you have to maybe give some overall thoughts. Well, you don't, you don't have to give it all away. I don't want you to get <laughs> kicked out forever. Carson's tough, man. They're tough. Like like you you can't like we can't if we go to uh, open session. We can't talk about if we see somebody on the sideline doing stretching drills. Like, oh, is he uh, out there? We can't say a word about it. He, he's he's pretty strict on what we can and can't say, man. But you don't think they're going to? They're, gonna, they're yeah, not going
1: like, to like. They're not going to assign somebody to like walk around and follow me and stuff, are they? I
0: don't think so. They might just take yourself okay. Um No, I think at Boise, many had like four people covering the team. Now it's a different story. Now, this is oh not, yeah, there's not four. There's four people per outlet. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm sure he understood he was getting into all that. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what they look like on Saturday.
0: Well, awesome. We'll, ha- we'll have you on next week um, to give kind of some, some, some big general thoughts on uh, on what you see, man. Thanks so much. Uh, and remember, Rob's going to be a part of AuburnLive.com, um, giving his opinions in, in his columns uh, on, a, on a weekly basis once the football season starts. Uh, and then we'll get him right into basketball because he's, he's super into basketball. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what do you league. mean? Hey, right, well,
1: man! I, man I, I we've won the Auburn Rec League two years in a row with oh, my kids, and and I was the the fifth grade Auburn Raptors coach. We won three tournaments, Justin. I mean, wow. I've got go look at my Instagram account, man. Oh. I mean, we I've got some basketball chops going.
0: Man, so maybe here I am. <laughs> no,
1: it, let me tell you that that's been the analysis. That's that's been the worst thing that my kids have done is they've won the they've lost one game in Auburn rec and basketball over the last two years and won the league. So now they're, they're the smallest kids in, uh, in their grade. And they think they're both, you know, they think they're both magic Johnson and, and uh, LeBron James. I mean, they love basketball now more than anything. So I feel like I'm
0: failing a little bit as a parent. No, but you've had to up your basketball IQ, right? You're coaching them. You're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta study some film. I gotta figure out what a pick and roll is.
1: And I played I played basketball, so I know I know some of that stuff. It's been a long time.
0: Well, thanks for coming on man. Right. Um, and, and we look forward to having all your your columns on the site. Remember everybody go to auburnlive.com, check out all our uh, football and recruiting coverage and basketball coverage. We had, uh, we just finished our one-on one with Bruce Pearl that we, that we put up that was an exclusive sit down that was awesome. We have a bunch of exclusive camp Intel that you can't get anywhere else um and a bunch of practice information recruiting stuff and so it's it's popping man the auburn live message board is growing our first week and a half has been unbelievable The the reaction and the feedback's been incredible um so make sure you're a part of it i mean this the, the deal's going to end anytime a year for 10 bucks i mean it's ridiculous you're stealing right now so go jump on auburnlive.com uh, appreciate rob joining us and we'll see you again next time